Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Tech Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan. Once again this week, we are joined by the Mitsubishi Electric Northeast Area Service Manager. That's Ed Fish. Ed, we loved having you on last week, so we're happy to have you back this week. Oh, it was great being here last week, and thanks again for having me again this week. We're continuing our series here with Ed on some of the top common issues that are faced by Mitsubishi Electric and received by Ed and his team. This week, we're going to talk about common application and installation problems that are faced out in the field. Ed, you know, we've we've gotten to the point where we told people you need to have the proper tools, you need to have the proper mindset, all of your resources there. Now we're actually at the job and running into some of these application problems. What are some of the ones that you're hearing from folks out in the field? Uh, Some of the things, the biggest thing, especially over the summer, is, is expectations with humidity. Humidity or removing humidity is actually a byproduct of of cooling, right? So what generally happens is in you have like a small bedroom or something like that where you have a unit that's just too oversized for that room. So what happens is it just brings the space temperature down and leaves the humidity up. It doesn't have enough time to to run to remove the humidity in the space. Or the other one that I commonly got setting the expectation with the homeowner that if you put this in the basement, it's going to dehumidify your basement, act as a dehumidifier. And that is just not the way to go. And it's just not how any AC system works. Yeah. You want to, you know, setting expectations is such an important piece of selling it. And as a technician, you might run into some problems with that, right? Because the homeowner was promised one thing and now you're saying, Well, yeah, I mean, it's cooling down here, so it's going to pull some of the humidity out of the air, but you also need dehumidifier because it's an inherently damp space down here. You're not going to be able to pull all the humidity right through the wall unit. Correct, exactly. And and the fact that a dehumidifier has both the indoor and outdoor coil inside the basement so you don't actually lose temperature is very different than, you know, the evaporator and condenser completely separate. I know that a lot of folks out there who are in the service end of things or, you know, the technicians out there, they don't love going into a job and saying, well, you need to add this, you need to add that, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you're going to have to do it. And this is one of those cases where you might have to say, Hey, we need to add a dehumidifier here because your, your system's just not going to work as you expect it unless we add it. You're probably, you know, you might get a side eye or you might even get yelled at, but it's better to be upfront and honest with them about, what they need rather than do the installation. Don't tell them the application is incorrect. And then they call your company a month later and they say, this isn't working. I can't believe it. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Um, honesty shall set you free. Right. So I tend to be a bit brutally honest and it's either people love it or hate it, but it is what it is. But I'd rather be honest with someone and let them know exactly what the issue is than beat around the bush. So with that being said, it's a great segue into the next issue that we run into is is actually load calculations. There's not enough people out in the field at the contractor level doing manual J's and D's. And I know there's five different ones, but not doing individual room load calculations that these units are being set in. And if we were doing that, that would help mitigate some of these humidity expectations or it's not keeping up when it's 95 degrees or on the opposite end in the winter when it's zero degrees. 
Yeah, and getting load calculations is is super important, especially in ductless applications, right? Your company needs to be able to do the calculations. You need to be able to know and be able to interpret them out into the field. Absolutely. So if if you do the proper, and I say proper load calculations, so what we end up seeing on the back end when guys are calling for support is that you have, let's say, an 18,000 BTU wall-hung unit in, in a particular room. When I ask what is the load for that room, it always matches 18,000 BTUs. And I, I get there and I'm like, really? This is an old farmhouse. This is There's no way. So doing an accurate load calculation is number one. The second part of that is use, we talked about using uh, all the resources available to us. So using um, the Diamond System Builder software that's available for free on mylinkdrive.com and actually plugging in your the unit that you want to build, right? And you take that and you match it up with that load calculation. And in the case where you have an 18,000 BTU unit and you have, let's say, a 50-foot line set on there, you're not getting 18,000 BTUs. What a lot of guys don't consider is where the indoor coil actually starts, and it starts at your LEV, whether that's in the branch box or that's in the outdoor unit. So what happens is that refrigerant is starting to flash at that LEV, and you get what we call a degrade. So now over a course of 50 feet, you're actually getting more like 15,000 BTUs, almost 16,000 BTUs, and that will... You know, obviously, if it's slated for an 18,000 BTU unit in there on a 95 degree day and you only get in 16, okay, that's why it's not keeping up. You mentioned Diamond System Builder. If you're installing Mitsubishi electric equipment and you're not using Diamond System Builder ahead of time, you're doing yourself and the, the homeowner or the business owner a disservice. This is going to make sure that everything is correct. You have your calculations. Now you're just kind of plugging and playing and putting it into place with the exact pieces of equipment you need, the exact amount of refrigerant, the exact line distance, all that. You're going to do yourself a disservice to not do it. And if you're out there and you're a manager, service manager, install manager, something like that, and you're not preparing your installation techs or service techs with that information, you're doing them a disservice because you're putting them at a disadvantage when they're going into do work on a system or install a new system. No, 100%. It's one of those things that like, if, if, if you're not using it, you're already set behind the eight ball, if you will. It's there, it's free. It'll help eliminate a lot of errors before you can even make them. That's what we want to do. We never, we never want to be behind the eight ball. We want those errors gone before we get into a house because there's always something that's going to come up, right? We, we all know it. Yeah, no job goes perfectly every time, but you want to put yourself in the best position before you go into the house because inevitably something's going to go wrong. Right, exactly, exactly. And then the last thing that we end up coming across as far as application and install issues go, specifically around application, is is making sure that you're going to be selecting the correct unit for that application. A couple of horror stories that I've seen is when you want to use a non-hyperheat as a sole source of heat, and then when it's you know negative ten degrees out and they don't have any other heat, what do you do in that app in that situation? Or even worse, I've been to a site where they had a wall hung unit five feet off the floor. 
or not even five feet, five oh, inches wow. off the floor. Yeah. Instead of using a floor mount unit, use a wall hung. I mean, that's that's probably the worst case scenario, and most people aren't going to do that. And I'm sure the people are out there listening to this are are laughing at at, at that particular thing, but it, it does happen. So making sure that you have the correct unit for the application. Are you going to be running it? Uh, do you need low ambient cooling? That's the case. Maybe you want to go with a P-series and use some wind baffles or accessories to help with that. Are we using this as a sole source of heat? Things like that, all things to consider. And when you're doing that, you're going to want to go to my link drive and look at the submittal mm -hmm. as to what that unit can actually do. With that being said, a lot of, a lot of times we get oh, well, your unit doesn't go to 61 degrees. Well, no, it doesn't. It wasn't designed for that. Comfort cooling is really only going down to 67 degrees. If there's a unit that needs to be 60 degrees, it's not the correct application. And kind of halfway jokingly, we need a meat locker, right? So that's, that's actually considered medium temperature refrigeration instead of high temperature refrigeration. If you're going into a home and somebody's saying that they want to cool it from, you know, a 95 degree day down to 60. One, that person runs real hot. And two, it's just not, you're not going to be able to get that application in, in a reasonable manner. It's just not the right application for anything. They're looking for, like Ed said, they're looking for like industrial cooling in a residential spot. It's just, you don't even really don't even want to get involved in that. If we're being a hundred percent honest, because right. you just you're going to put yourself again you're putting yourself behind the eight ball before you even start right exactly because then what what ends up happening on the back end is now okay the system is installed now how do we trick the system in order to get it to run outside of its specifications and in that case if it's only designed to go to 67 and you are able to trick it out and make it let's say run at 60 degrees then you run the risk of flooding refrigerant back to the compressor and then killing the compressor and if we're running it outside of what the system's designed to do, that's going to play a little bit of a trick with the warranty, let's say. So you need to be within the specs and all that kind of stuff, and, and it, it can propose a big problem. So Ed and I have gone through now. We've gotten you to the job. Make sure you're prepared for it. Told you some of the common application problems and a little bit of this is, is your preparation before you get to the job, but also some of your installation problems as well. Ed's going to be back again next week, and we're going to be talking about wiring and addressing issues. One that I know a lot of people run into really frequently with some of these Mitsubishi electric pieces of equipment, if they're not familiar with it. So make sure you're tuning back in next week. We want to thank Ed for coming on this week and discussing these common application and installation problems. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Just search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn using the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, go to our website to listen to our podcast, sgtaurus.com backslash Taurus Podcast, or hit the podcast icon right on our app. One thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Taurus Tech Talk.